Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. And joining me in studio, Kahuna. And Nikki. Apparently, there's a sinkhole that is eating a police station. Round sounds, of applause. Sounds like a good start. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. No. <laughs> Some of them just sort of suck you in from below. Uh, this from the register-herald.com, or sorry, register-herald.com, not the. State discusses temporary and permanent fix for Hinton sinkhole. Yes, it's got a name. Uh, this is in West Virginia. Uh, a temporary solution for motorists to safely drive around a sinkhole at the northern entrance to Hinton could be in place as early as this weekend. During a press conference Tuesday morning at Hinton City Hall, Joe Pack chief engineer of district operations of the West Virginia Division of Highways, said preparations are underway to construct a temporary steel bridge along West Virginia 20 in the lane opposite the large sinkhole. That's how you know it's large, when instead of fixing it, they have to build a bridge. Actually, well, we'll get to that, but it's worse than that. They actually have to build a bridge before they can begin to fix it. So they are going to fix it, but before they can do that, they have to build a bridge first. And then get around to the actual fixing of it. Um, you know, the the long and the short here is is that this sinkhole sort of showed up one day outside of the street. It looks in, deep inside of uh, outside of the police station, and it just started growing and growing and growing until like they had to move the police headquarters altogether. Uh, so uh, the city hall uh, chief engineer Joe Pack said. Our plans are to construct a steel bridge that will sit on the road surface, he told media and community members gathered at the city hall. It will span around 125 feet in length from end to end, which will span the hole in its entirety, and it will sit on what's solid ground now of what we're all driving on. I don't, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to say that it's sort of going over the sinkhole uh, from one end to the other. Uh, Pack said the temporary bridge will ensure the safety of motorists even in the event that the borders of the sinkhole expand, which sounds like it's likely to happen based on uh, some more information coming up. If the hole continues to increase in size, the bridge will span and be on solid ground on either side, he said. The bridge will stay there intact until the drilling is complete, the hole is filled, and the road surface is returned. They're sort of foreshadowing the, uh, the repair process there. Following heavy rainfall from the remnants of Hurricane Nicole over the weekend, Pack said the diameter of the hole expanded. So this is just over the last you know week or so. I missed Hurricane Nicole. When did that happen? Uh, that was a week over the weekend. Week, week, I also week I'm I'm yeah. very honored that the hurricane that caused this is Hurricane Nicole. Hurricane Nikki. Yeah. Mm. Wait, are you are you not a Nikki proper? No, I'm a Nicole. Oh, this is news to the me. The truth comes out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we just doxed you on public radio. So <laughs> there you go. Anyway, you'll always be Nikki to us. Uh, following heavy rainfall of, of Hurricane Nicole over the weekend, the diameter of the hole expanded, consuming one lane of West Virginia 20, uh, which I guess is the highway number, as well as a portion of the foundation of the nearby city police station. So it started in the parking lot, apparently, of the cop shop, mm-hmm. and then took out part of the uh, the Highway 20 there that I guess the cop shop sits on, and then 
slowly began to consume the police station. I was looking at photos on Google Images, and you can see like it starts off small, and then you can see in the photos it just gradually gets bigger and bigger and bigger until the police station is literally hanging off the side into the sinkhole. Amazing. Uh, Pack said the ultimate cause of the sinkhole was a collapse of the existing drainage structure that sits roughly 40 feet below the surface of the road. The existing drainage structure that is there, by our estimation, was constructed constructed, constructed sometime in the 1930s, he said. It is a stacked stonewall structure with a concrete arch roof roughly 90 years old. Sometime within the last few years, because this stuff does not happen overnight, more than likely the roof started having some structural issues. It collapsed sometime this summer, which has clogged and blocked the existing pipe. That's what's causing the erosion that you see at the top of the structure. There are no photos here. This is all just descriptive text. Um, But it sounds like they might have had some clue that something was wrong. If this was a drainage structure where they have, like, you know, sewer or some sort of, you know, rain drainage uh, running through it, that it's been backed up for some time. So it sounds like they might have had a clue about something being amiss. Mm -hmm. But uh, apparently, you know, more rain from the remnants of the hurricane uh, exacerbated things. Is there like a, a DARPA or a you know some sort of a secret uh, initiative uh, that you know that this is a strategy for like how to end the state? Like just, I think it's a great idea. Just sinkholes, you know, you know you just know, climate change. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a great outcome. Didn't you say something? Oh, you yeah, saw something? Yeah, they, somebody was saying, you know, this is just another example of climate change. <laughs> <laughs> that darn climate change. <laughs> I mean, if like. If climate change is going to cause sinkholes to eat police stations, I'm okay with it. I'm all in, man. I might have to start right. supporting yeah. climate change. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, since the sinkhole was discovered rough, roughly six months ago, Pack said, uh, "Pack's the lead engineer for the city." Pack said his division has been working on a plan to reroute the water coming in from Briar Branch and then fill in the existing hole. However, he said, they ran into complications, which is uh, code for, we need more money. Yep. Pack said, the most concerning factor while test drilling on the backside of the police building was when workers encountered toxic amounts of lead in the soil. Surprise. What were the cops doing? Just (laughs) firing their bullets into the floor the whole time or something? I mean... Anyway, he said uh, disturbing that area was ruled out as an option because of the complications that would accompany disturbing contaminated soil. According to our conversation with the Department of Environmental Protection, as long as that soil is not disturbed, it's not a hazard. Okay. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I guess they were going to drill down into the soil under the police station or the parking lot and uh, attempt to excavate and repair the drainage and fill it in, I guess. I I don't get how they could do that without disturbing the soil. While they have come up with a plan that completely avoids the lead-contaminated soil, Pack said it's not been without difficulty, which is why the design phase has taken several months. Also because it's a government-run thing. Yep. Right, government. But the roads. They're, they're what not, are we going to do without the roads? Governments are not famous for doing anything quickly or cheaply outside of killing people yeah. and taking their money. They're very good at that. Yeah, they do that quickly. Yeah, and and effectively. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily cheaply though, because no. they don't care. They're not paying for it. Mm-hmm. We're all being raped for it. 
At the end of the meeting, Hinton Mayor Jack Scott and Summers County School Superintendent Dave Warville thanked Pack for his work thus far. Why can you thank a guy for work that hasn't even started yet? Great job on the work that we think you're going to do eventually. Scott added that he was pleased to learn Tuesday uh, from Pack that it may be possible to salvage the police building, which sits on the edge of the sinkhole. We're glad to hear today that we can maybe salvage the building, Scott said, adding that the police department was moved when the sinkhole was first discovered and has since relocated to a building in downtown Hinton. We've got a couple local hospitals and another organization that might be interested in utilizing the building. I don't know. Would you want to move your business? Probably not. I mean, it really doesn't sound appealing to me. Maybe if it was like dirt cheap, no pun intended. (laughs) So not only is it at risk to develop another sinkhole, but it's on soil that's contaminated with lead. They're like, yeah, maybe a hospital, maybe a school. Yeah, daycare, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Good Lord. Although perhaps a dental office, right? Because don't they use lead to... Lead vests to shield the x-rays still? Yeah. I think they do, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, He added he feels more at ease knowing that there's a temporary as well as a permanent plan in place and hopes the community will be understanding and patient. No, lynch him! (laughs) I mean, I would be pissed if that was my, like, Like, route I took to work every day and now I have to go, you know, like, 30 minutes out of the way or whatever. I'm not familiar with the area, so maybe it's an easy detour, but usually not... There are other ways in and out of here. A couple days inconvenience for the bridge, I think, is a small price to pay for the safety to get back and forth for schools and tourism. Scott said, we're seeing some good things happen here. We're tearing down homes. We're fixing up the streets. We're seeing a lot more positive light because of the national park, so it's just a minor setback. I don't know what any of that means, particularly the tearing down homes part. Tourism in Hinton, West Virginia? Never heard of it. Why are they tearing down homes? Like, I don't why why is that a positive yeah, thing? Yeah, it seems like, a little Is it is it because they've had to build this bridge? They've had to like Yeah, probably. you know, steal somebody's land and tear down their house so that they yeah. could build the bridge in its place. And you or know something? what they do? They're like, "We're going to offer you this very low sum of money that's way less than what your house is worth." And then if you say no, we're just going to take it from you and give you nothing. We have uh, Law Dog calling from Michigan. Law Dog, you on you're on Free Talk Live. Wow, wow, wow. You can go Hey, the big kahuna. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How you doing, Law Dog? I'm doing wonderful here in the, in this sinkhole. I should say sinkhole of Michigan, where we're about ready to enter the second term of the regime of Wretched Gritner, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> Wretched Gritner? That's nice. Wretched Gritner. I've not heard that before. <laughs> oh my that's, that's nice. It's, I enjoy it's that. It's horrible and it's cold out. Hey, I hear you guys are going gonna to be having rolling blackouts up there. In uh, in the New England area, where they're going to huh. shut off your tea—is that true or not? I didn't, uh, I didn't hear anything I, about that. I, so, there are some people warning that it's possible there may be some electrical, you know, brownouts, that kind of a thing, uh, over the winter. The electric company, of course, has already raised rates, and people can expect their bills to be at least forty percent more than they were last year. Uh, and that's all of the electric companies in the New England area, as I understand it. So, uh, yeah, uh, having a, a backup heat source might be wise. Uh, me personally, I've found a, a couple of, uh, they're, they're rated indoor safe. You still have to have ventilation, so you got to have it, uh, you know, like near a window that can open for some oxygen ventilation. But uh, propane heaters yep, we uh, have a couple of those. Are, are my backup of choice. And then all I got to do is just stock up on, you know, the propane for the grill. 
right? Have a couple of those on hand, and then if the electricity goes out, at least I'm not going to freeze my you-know-what off. Well, I hope that you don't. Yeah, me too. Uh, I've got, you know, batteries. I've got uh, some, you know, minor, like, solar stuff that I can recharge and, and that kind of thing to use for lighting and, you know, candles and tea lights and that kind of a thing if I need, you know, to light my way at night. Of course, if the electricity goes out, that means there's no internet. So, yeah, be an interesting time. I wonder what uh, all the youngsters would do. I'm old enough to, you know, I'm older than the internet, so like, I know what to do when there's no internet. But I just wonder, like, what some of the younger people would well, what do we do? We've well, never not had the internet before. So, and for me, well, this is why what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to come up there in in the summertime and visit your uh, your pork fest and your uh, fork fest. Nice. Because, nice. Uh, this this state of Michigan stinks under the regime of uh, wretched Gritmer, mm. and they also took over the the Democrats took over the House. So things aren't looking good here in Michigan. This from RT.com. Single women offered unusual companion. Hmm. A male figure with Teddy's head has been created for those in need of a cuddle during long, lonely nights. Teddy like a teddy bear? Loving Bear Puffy. That's the name of this thing. <laughs> loving Bear Puffy. I'm going to get Matt one of these for when I work nights. It's not even Puffy the Loving Bear, <laughs> right? Which would make more sense. It's yeah. Loving Bear Puffy. <laughs> a human-sized plush toy. In the shape of a man's body with the head of a half-asleep bear. That's so, not creepy. So basically, it's... <laughs> just going to blow up doll. It's like a large male body. It's wearing like some sort of a you know white t-shirt and jeans in the, in the photo they've provided. But it's got like the head of, of a teddy bear. What was the movie with the talking teddy bear? Uh, oh, It's called Ted. Ted? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the, the head of the teddy bear looks like. It looks like Ted. <laughs> Does uh, it swear? <laughs> uh, no, but like the head looks, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, when something is out of size with the rest of it, yeah, it, out it's of proportion, it's disproportionate, disproportionate. Thank you. Uh, so the head looks smaller than the body in the photo they provide. They do have a, you know, some sort of a blonde looking lady, uh, sort of cuddled up to it. Uh, what this looks like is, uh, you know, how they have these, uh, uh, body pillows yeah. right? that, that folks will, you know, cuddle up to or whatever throw a leg around you know that kind of a thing um and they're usually just like sort of a a long you know solid uh you know pillow type thing well this is a teddy bear it looks like it's made of the same type of material and then it's just got a head on it of a teddy bear <laughs> oh you found a picture of it yeah nice uh yeah throw that Scary. into your search engine and look it up puffybear.com apparently is the website where how much are they oh i don't know it, so is this i mean this is just a cuddle it's nothing else I mean, as far as I know, I, I've not been you to have the to website. Upgrade but, the, yeah, the, I don't know the what the uh, version. Yeah, I don't know what the the supreme features might <laughs> include. I'm sure you could get creative, some duct tape, some other supplies. Do the trick. Let's go to the website and see. When it, oh, the website's even better. Loving Bear Puffy. Oh gosh, the best hug pillow to support back, neck, and knees. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. I would have to. Speculate that the inventor of this uh, silly doll here is a triple masker that spent two years locked in her apartment except to go get her vaccinations. Probably. This sounds like a very lonely broad. Probably voted for Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, yes, the witless one. Wretched Gritmer? 
<laughs> I think she's the great great granddaughter of Genghis the Khan. <laughs> yeah. How did uh, how did she end up winning the election? I don't even really want to know. That's not a legit question. I just like she has a I reputation think, for being like a horrible human being in many ways, shapes, and forms. And the fact I, that I, that she won no. is just—it's a sad state of affairs for folks in Michigan. Well, that makes oh, her a great it, politician, right? It blows my mind, and I'm pretty sure it's these damn Dominion machines. I think we're getting hijacked because uh, I told you guys that when I went in and voted a couple years ago, last time for the presidential election. It was the exact same ballot, the exact same machine. Hey, I go in there this time, and it's all painted flat black. All the discs and patents and plaques that you could have read to <laughs> distinguish what the hell it was. They're like, yeah, we remedied the voting problem by painting the voting machines a different color. <laughs> yeah, they're just trying to camouflage the problem. It's Ooh. ridiculous. Camouflaged voting stations. That might, uh, you know, work out in their favor. Well, you know. The, the politicians all, you made the condom joke earlier, so I'm going to give you one back. The politicians all like camouflage condoms because they don't want you to see them coming. What else is on your mind, Major? Well, I'm thinking about this cop shop going into the sinkhole. Yep. And you said the original drainage was probably around the 70s, I think. Uh, earlier than that. I think how they, and you're talking about the lead contaminants in the soil. So what my speculation is that there used to be a creek running in the bottom of a ravine, yep. and they laid in a pipe, knocked off the top of the mountain. There's a lot of lead in West Virginia. Yep. So they put a lead mine in the side of that mountain that they're looking at from the highway there, and uh, the crap that's underneath the police station is the mine tailings. This from... Uh, Hechinger Report, HechingerReport.org. New Jersey's teachers are now required to teach climate change beginning in kindergarten and across most subjects, including art, social studies, world languages, and PE. And I'm sure it's pretty difficult to homeschool your children in this state. It's probably a lot of laws, a lot of regulations, oh, I, a lot of restrictions. I imagine Jersey's pretty bad, but I don't I know imagine. that for a fact. Yeah. Supporters hope the lessons will spread. Uh, spread to what? Pennington, I just don't get what they're trying to do. Like, what are they teaching them? Well, climate change, of course. Yeah. What is that? That could mean yeah. anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Climate change to me is a uh, political agenda. To right? me, it's chemtrails. You know, like, like are they going to teach them about, about chemtrails? It started <laughs> off being called global warming, which of course oh, we right, were told yeah. that uh, if we didn't stop global warming and the erosion of the ozone layer, that we wouldn't be able to breathe by the year two thousand. Yep. Well, and then you know it's twenty twenty two and everything's fine. Well, and they fixed it. No, they didn't. Oh, no, you didn't hear that? They fixed no, it. They, they fixed the ozone. They didn't fix anything. Yeah, they fixed it. Mother Nature, like, is capable of repairing herself. Mm -hmm. I, also, I don't think that, like, you know, the hubris to think that human beings could, like, the only thing human beings right. are capable of wiping out is themselves. Yeah. Right? Mother well, Earth is going to be fine. The so, planet's going to be fine. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. And that's why I, I don't really worry about it, because... I'm sure most of the animals on the earth will be fine. Like if ants went extinct, yeah. we wouldn't be alive. You know, there are, there are certain creatures that are very important to the entire ecosystem of the earth. Yes, bees. Humans, for example, are not one of them. Right. So we just happen to be the uh, 
the innovative predator, yeah. right? the, the top dog, if you will, uh, with regards to that. But we've seen Mother Earth shake off top predators before. Yep. Dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Yeah, saber-toothed tigers. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Just out of nowhere, saber-toothed tigers. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this story coming from Pennington, New Jersey. There was one minute left on Suzanne Horsley's stopwatch, and the atmosphere remained thick with carbon dioxide, despite the energetic efforts of her class of third graders to clear the air. Horsley, yeah, Horsley, I'm confused. I know. Hang on. Horsley, a <laughs> wellness teacher at Tollgate Grammar School in Pennington, New Jersey, had tasked the kids with tossing balls of yarn representing carbon dioxide molecules to their peers stationed at plastic discs representing forests. Do they know that trees consume carbon dioxide? <laughs> In 2022, we got a lot of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, said Horsley. What's the problem with it? What is it causing? Global warming, volunteered one girl. And what does that Ooh, mean? Pick me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm old enough to remember before global warming was a thing, and everybody was scared because, like, they, they, they started out with, like, oh, they're chopping down the rainforests, and yeah. the rainforests are going to cause all sorts of blah, 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 and, like, nothing happened. Right, they didn't really save the rainforest. They saved parts of them and that kind of a thing. But like you know, but really, like nothing happened. It was fine. You know, the Earth went on. Humans went on. Here we are. And so, because global warming never actually happened, right? Like the, I'm sorry, the outcomes that they were predicting uh, for global warming. Those they had to change the name. Yeah, they had to change climate change. So now it's climate change. Well, you can't deny climate change. Well, no, because the climate changes all the freaking time. It just it just changed here in New Hampshire. It went from summer to fall, and then again from fall to winter. And and yes, you can deny climate change. It's called being open minded and free thinking and (laughs) and critical thinking. Well, I'm just saying the climate does change. Oh, correct. All of the time. Right. It's not like some you know thing that like yeah. Right, but the, the Earth, concept of climate change, though. The Earth literally goes through cycles. There was the Ice Age. There were periods where the Earth was a lot hotter than it is right now. Now we're kind of in this, like, medium temperate period. Mm-hmm. And it seems like maybe it's going into a hotter climate. Maybe not. It's just natural for the Earth to change. And I think it's very, like, narcissistic for humans to think that they're so important. When, like we mentioned before... The Earth is going to be fine. Yeah, what 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 it is is it's a it's an agenda that uses brainwashing as a way to further control the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're scared of this thing, this mm-hmm. invisible boogeyman, go buy a and, Tesla. And it's always like imminent danger. Like, yeah. Like if we don't do this now, within five years, yeah. the, You know, the world's going to be doomed. And then they push it back, so it's like. Manhattan's going to be underwater. I remember hearing that. Like, all the coastal cities, they're going to be underwater by 2050. I'll still be alive in 2050, probably. Let's see if that actually happens. (laughs) But, you know, once we approach that, they just keep pushing the date out. It's the same as the, uh, like, second coming of Christ people. They're like, Mm -hmm. 2012, you know, 2000, 2012. Like, 
It's, it's happening. He's going to be here he's, tomorrow. He's going to be here tomorrow. Oh well, uh, you know, I know, I know. I said he was going to be here tomorrow, but like, I, I really meant in two years. <laughs> oh, I know, I said that, but I really meant in ten. You know, uh, they just keep changing and, the date to and, fit their narrative. And part of the problem is that human beings, unfortunately, have a pretty short memory. Yeah, so do. a lot of people forget that they said that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, the politicians pushing these climate change, agenda, climate change agendas into things like public schools and f- mandating they be taught in every subject. Which doesn't even, you would think they would limit, if they're going to do it, they would limit it to science. Or social studies or something. Something. Right? You know, you know, because it's a political agenda, right? Yeah, social studies. You know, uh, Political science. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, socialist studies, as yeah. I used to call it in school. You're going you're gonna to learn about it in math. You're going to write about it in English, even in physical education. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Can you think of anything that has been mandated to be taught in every subject in public schools? No. Like ever? Like no, because that doesn't I, make sense because each subject has different curriculum. Right. Because that makes sense. Like... If it has happened, I'm not aware. Now, I don't have kids, so, like, you know, I'm a little well, isolated from this kind of stuff. I don't pay attention to what goes on in public schools because public schools are just training for slaves, right? Yeah. It's, it's a brainwashing, a, you know, daycare facility yeah. uh, for working parents who are too dumb to figure out how to educate their children uh, on a one income household. They're indoctrination camps. They are. That's what public schools are. Children, you know, I know I know a lot of children, actually. I have a lot of friends with kids. I know a lot of different kinds of children. Yeah. I know children that have gone to public school, and I know children that are homeschooled. And let me tell you, I see, you know, some of these homeschooled children are substantially more intelligent oh, yeah. than their public school peers. And better, because- better adjusted to, like... You know, Absolutely, interacting with human beings with with adults too. When you when you treat a child as an equal and like they're a person, and you talk to them normally, and you don't baby them, yeah. And and that's what goes on in public schools. They're talked down to. They're they're taught to like fear and blindly obey authority. Where mm-hmm. if you know some of these libertarian homeschooled children are taught philosophy at a very young age, and and another thing is public school. The children are, you know, if you have a, a child that needs extra help or maybe they're not as smart, it's going to hold the entire class back. Right, yeah. So if you have a child that's brilliant and they're really, really good at math and their parents see that they're really good at math and they help them thrive in that right. subject, they're able to really flourish. Right. What you're saying is uh, public schools uh, teach at the pace of the slowest student in the class. Yeah, and it's it's one size fits all. Right. So, you know, not like I had one family who their daughter was really, really good at reading and their son was really good at math. So instead of forcing the kids, like he could barely read, but he was better at math than I was. And the kid's four years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were like, well, clearly this is what he's interested in. So it makes more sense for like he'll he'll learn how to read eventually. Yeah, he has to if he's going to do know? math. Yeah. And, and for her, she was pretty bad at math. But she was a brilliant reader, reading at a college level, and she was seven years old. So they, you know, they let kids thrive in their, you know, it's like, it's just the public school system does not make sense to me. The way I describe public schools, it's a lot of things that are mandated by the government or controlled by the government, is guaranteed mediocrity. Two years ago, 
New Jersey became the first state in the country to adopt learning standards obligating teachers to instruct kids about climate change across grade levels and subjects. The standards, which went into effect this fall, notice they're calling them standards, not mandates, right? You know, they, sounds nicer. Yeah, sounds nicer. The standards, which went into effect this fall, introduced students as young as kindergartners to the subject, not just in science class, but in the arts, world languages, socialist studies, and physical education. I added the ist. Yeah. <laughs> Supporters say the instruction is necessary to prepare younger generations for a world and labor market increasingly reshaped by climate change. You know, that's a meaningless statement. <laughs> yeah. Reshaped by climate change? Uh, you know what? You know what's been uh, the most responsible for reshaping the labor market in recent years? The government. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, did did perhaps the government grounding everybody for, you know, a year across the globe yeah. reshape the labor market? Do you think? And I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, my field hasn't changed at all because of climate change. Yeah. It hasn't been mm-hmm. affected at all. And I'm thinking of other fields like tech and, yeah. you know, whatever. They haven't. Can you, I mean, can you name an industry that has? I mean, I don't really believe in the legitimacy of it, but I could, if I, mean, I did, like maybe real estate or like some sort of environmental. I mean, but like roofers can't roof when it rains out. Like, but that's been. Yeah, but that's you know, been a like, fact for, you know, uh, uh, a long time. So uh, weather dependent stuff hasn't really changed. You just yeah. got to wait for it to get nice out again. Well, when Manhattan floods, you know, that's really going to affect the real estate denier, market. You're a Captain. Yeah. I don't deny there, there's climate. <laughs> there's climate right now. I'm not in denial. Will it change? Yes, it will. In fact, I guarantee it will change. Whether or not mankind does anything or stops doing stuff, it's going to change because that's Mother Nature. Thanos could literally snap his finger and we could all disappear and climate would still change. Yes. <laughs> Quote, There's no way we can expect our children to have the solutions and the innovations to these challenges if we're not giving them the tools and resources needed here and now, said Tammy Murphy, the wife of New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, and a founding member of former Vice President Al Gore's Climate Reality Action Fund. There you go. Who pushed to get the standards into (laughs) schools. Just as students must be able to add and subtract before learning calculus, She said kids need to understand the basics of climate change, the vocabulary, the logic behind it, before they can tackle the climate crisis. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. The change started in 2013 with the release of the new National Science Standards. 
which instructed science teachers to introduce students to climate change and its human causes starting in middle school. Still, only 20 states have adopted the standards. So they're not really standards then if, if right. not everybody's adopted it. Uh, yes. The words and definitions matter, people. Uh, blah, blah, blah. A 2020 report from the National Center for Science Education and Texas Freedom Network Education Fund found that many states didn't follow the new guidance, weren't explicit in their standards about the human causes of climate change, and a few even promoted falsehoods about its cause and degree of seriousness. Meanwhile, discussions of climate change outside science class remains relatively rare, educators and experts say. New Jersey is trying to change that. But it's not a simple task. Like teachers around the country, educators here are exhausted after years of COVID disruptions and, as elsewhere, some schools face dire teacher shortages. On top of this, many edu- educators don't feel prepared to teach climate change. <laughs> Gee, you think? <laughs> well, just follow the curriculum that we give you and you don't yeah. have to use your brain. I think your translator is say, saying something like, these teachers don't like lying to their students. <laughs> <laughs> on top of this uh, no, wait, a 2021 survey of 164 New Jersey teachers found that many lacked confidence in their knowledge of the subject or so, confidence in the legitimacy of the subject and some held misconceptions about it or differing opinions confusing that, the problem with other environmental issues such as plastic pollution I mean God, God forbid you have differing opinions right <laughs> If uh, politicians are mandating that a subject be taught in public schools in every subject and they can't even get the correct information to the teachers for them to feel comfortable teaching the subject tells you a lot about the subject and like just seems to me like it's an illegitimate subject to be taught because if you can't teach the teachers and the teachers don't understand it, then it must not be understandable. Yeah, one would assume. For now, the climate instruction requirements haven't faced much pushback from climate deniers <laughs> and conservatives. Apparently, climate deniers. Apparently, you can be a conservative and a climate denier, or you can be a climate denier without being a conservative. When I was in school and whenever there was sort of a, uh, I don't know, either like a learn at your own pace type of uh, a program in place, or if it was time to like take a test. Right. Uh, I would always finish before everybody else and then wonder why, you know, why am I here? What am I, you know, like I obviously like I could do whatever it was they asked me to do. I could learn whatever it was they asked me to learn. I could memorize it, regurgitate it, you know, enter it on a test. But then I'm like, what's the point of all of this? Yeah. You what's know? the point? I, I just I'm like, why am I in this, you know, uh, day prison? So well, it's it's free government babysitting. That's not free because no. you have to pay for it I, i've said this before but like i don't know uh, take a famous brand pick one famous brand nike nike all right uh, i pledge allegiance to the swoosh of the united states of the swoosh and to the swoosh for which we stand one swoosh under god uh with swoosh and swooshes for all now imagine swooshes nike branding uh, to, you know, Nike having a hold of your kids for twelve hours a day, or ten hours, or whatever it is, eight hours a day for twelve years, right? 
do you think when they got done with that that they would be loyal to the the Nike brand? I mean, yeah, they're yeah. probably not going to wear Adidas after that, right? Unless they try to or Chucks or Pumas you know, or whatever, right? Want to be? Yeah, those are the rebels. You know, the rebels, right. yeah, that's the thing. Because I remember when I was in public school, I was like, I hate the U.S. I hate the government, and it it made me, you know, it made me rebel against that because yeah. I saw the brainwashing, and it it just made me resent the entire system, and that's where like. All of this, who I am today, stemmed from, was because I could see through their BS and I wasn't going to do it. But most people can't because they come out of public school. You know, I I was the kid that was sitting down during the Pledge of Allegiance and people would stare at me and be like, what is wrong with this girl? You absolutely cannot do that. Like that is just so, it was just so, people felt it was so disrespectful and people couldn't even believe that I wouldn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. I'm not in a cult. Schools in affluent towns like Pennington tend to have more time and resources to introduce new instruction. Schools in poorer communities like Camden that are often the most vulnerable to climate disasters. <laughs> What's a climate disaster? That doesn't even make sense. So just because it's a poor community, May they're more resources. vulnerable yeah. to climate disaster. That doesn't. That literally doesn't make any sense at all. No, and well, what's what's a climate disaster? I, I'm assuming they mean like a hurricane or a tornado. Is that that's just weather? I mean, yeah. Well, and <laughs> no, that's why I'm disaster, saying dude. that doesn't make <laughs> a natural disaster, right? That's what my brain is well, thinking. Okay. So that doesn't make any sense, right? Right. Climate disaster as a phrase is new. That's something that's, that's not real. That's, that's that's been made up, you know, in the last uh, decade or so, right? Since it went from uh, uh, what was the old. Uh, Global warming. Yeah, global warming. Right? Yeah. Uh, they they previously would have had to call it a global warming disaster, but because so, the the phrase has changed from global warming to climate change, they yeah. now call it a climate disaster, which is BS. It's a made up word because whatever they're talking about already exists as other words: hurricane, tornado. Yeah, natural disaster right? would. But be But those the aren't really term. climate disasters, right? Natural disaster well, <laughs> could be an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Right? It just yeah, it doesn't make any sense because you know if you said something like okay, poor like lower income communities are more at risk um, for like overdose, right? That is something that is tangible. It makes sense, and like you can have legitimate data to back that up. But they're more susceptible to climate disasters. First, we need to define that term. They need to define it in this article because they wrote it, which of course they don't. So what is, yeah, so we can't even, we're con- left to know, we or can't not even know. continue because we don't know what it means. The article continues. I'm happy to see New Jersey as a pioneer of climate change standards, said Maria Santiago Valentin, a co-founder of the Atlantic Climate Justice Alliance, a group that works to mitigate the disproportionate harm of climate change on marginalized communities. There's just so much to unwrap there. But she said the standards will need to be revised if they fail to adequately emphasize the unequal impact of climate change on black and Hispanic communities or ensure that students in those communities receive the instruction. All right. So climate uh, affects people. Climate is not racist. Right. First and foremost. Right. Well, apparently it is. <laughs> climate doesn't go around going, oh, I'm not going to do anything over there because there's a certain race of people over there. I'm going to go over here where there's a race of people that I don't like and I'm going to affect them more. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. What's in your mind? 
Oh, yes. I just want to let you guys know that <clears throat> me and Richard, we finally um, cracked the bus on real time on the app. What? To... what? Wait, what What happened? We could, you could actually track the bus on the real time. It's a satellite. You have to have a smartphone. Yeah. And, and then GPS. you could actually see the bus moving. So you, you could... Oh, no, I, it's Sarah's like, first time on the internet. She just got a new tablet, and it sounds like she downloaded the app for uh, her local city bus, and so she's all excited oh. that she can. What's, what's it like a bus tracker? Yeah, yeah, it's the bus okay. app. It lets like you know GPS. when the bus is on the way. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's her first time experiencing such a thing. Apparently, okay. global all right. positioning I, I, I system. Got it. I got it. Okay, you've you've never experienced this before, right, Sarah? <laughs> Well, I heard about it, and I have seen other people doing that, young people with their phone, and they would start getting ready to catch the bus, and I, so I heard it. You could track the bus, but we finally got that smartphone, and it yeah. took us like about about a month and a half to figure out how to use it. Yeah, yeah. We actually it, had to um, have somebody show us how to do it, and we had to keep practicing because yeah. we're kind of old. Sarah, I have you a know? question for you. Do you mm-hmm. believe in climate change? What do you think about climate change? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of truth to it, greenhouse effect and all of that, but, you know, haven't they always had volcanoes, earthquakes, and tornadoes, and hurricanes all the time before uh, all this, uh, for centuries? I, I believe so. Yep. Like, since yeah, the beginning right. of time. <laughs> sure enough. Yeah, the, um, yeah so, the, I mean, um, global warming is maybe some to blame, but they blame everything for... Uh, like our polars uh, changing. We have a polar switch every 11,000 years. I, uh, um, I think our, they said the North Pole is up by Moscow and it's st- uh, still moving. So I don't know if the – does it do a complete flip? Like uh, that's when they had that continent of Atlantis. They call that Atlantic Ocean because of Atlantis. Robert in South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Okay, yes. I just wanted to say that these slight changes that we hear about actually have quite an effect upon the flora and fauna in nature. These small changes have, have an effect upon their, what they can do in their survival. And they do change based upon these very small numbers that, that happen over long periods of time. The other thing is that a country like China, which is responsible right now for about 73% of the world's pollution, won't be alone with the other countries that will be joining them as they increase their ability to burn fossil fuels. In other words, to find those fossil fuels and to be able to use them, like India, for example, and, and Africa and other places in South America. I have a question and, for and you, Robert. Sure. Who in the United States, what organization, is the largest polluter? The United States is responsible for a very small fraction of the pollution. No, 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 no. I, we, that's, not, that's not the question I'm asking. I'm asking within the United States... What organization is responsible for the most pollution? Um, you want me to guess, or yeah. I don't really know right off. Okay, that's fine. If you don't know, that's fine. I, I can tell you it's okay. the government. Government is the okay. largest polluter uh, in the United States and probably even outside of the United States if you want to consider all governments because, uh, you know, they do things like run their trucks 24-7, right? They consume the most amount of fossil fuels they care less about what they expel into the environment because uh, they don't have any incentive not to. 
and then for some reason they tell us that we can't. Right. Anyway, okay. anyway I think you had something to say. So go ahead, Robert. Yes. I'm thinking of the big picture. I'm just trying to explain to you what's going to happen. And, 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 and when we get to that, when it gets worse and worse, and we go to China and those other developing countries and say, okay, gang, we want you all to reduce your, uh, your um, pollution of the environment to this lower level. And then they're going to look at us and say, hey, you guys benefited for hundreds of years and you had the technology. And now that you have the technology and you don't have to, and you're producing things in our country, like the People's Republic of China, where most of your products and services are actually produced these days, where they come from. Now you want us to, to, to limit our, 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 our uh, consumption of, of fossil fuels. Well, we're producing all kinds of things for you. In other words, people of China would say, we're producing all kinds of things for you guys. And now we're supposed to... Uh, Stop doing that. How's that supposed to happen? You see, we moved our industry over to China, and that's why the one reason why a lot of the pollution is coming from over there, and they're not going to understand that at all. Okay, so can you summarize your point? Yeah, my point is that we ha- that America is very good at responding to emergencies, but very poor as resp- at responding to insidious threats. Take a look around. The evidence is very clear. Uh, if you just look at the evidence, the United States is the largest empire planet Earth has ever seen, period. Don't believe me? Look up how many bases outside of the United States the American military has. Those are only the ones that they tell us about. And then put them on a map, look at a map, and go, oh, my God. Yep. It really is an empire. It's a lot more than any other country. And you take a look at how empires act. And then take a look at how the military and the politicians in the United States act. You go, really is an empire. The, like, all you have to do is look at the evidence. It's it. Like Star Wars. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people want to want to think that uh, the, the, the troops of the United States Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Post Office, Police, whatever, you know, that they're, uh, they're oh, well, we're the freedom. No, you're the stormtroopers. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're the stormtroopers. You're the clones, if you will. You're the ones uh, that, you know, have terrible aim. <laughs> but uh, are are building the Death Star, yep. so to speak, and uh, you know, you're welcome to be upset by that, of course, and uh, hopefully it makes you think because it's true. All you need to do is look at the evidence. Don't believe me? Uh, go look up democide, right? Uh, Hawaii.edu mm-hmm. uh, has all of the data. You can slice it and dice it and put it in aluminum cans and take it back out again and re-slice it and dice it any way you want. But the evidence is very clear that the number one cause of death on planet Earth is government. All governments, not just the United States government, all governments. The, the organization type known as government, the one that claims a monopoly on violence in a geographic area, is responsible for the most deaths. Well, without the government, there would be peace. You know, previously, there would be tribes who would maybe have disagreements with each other, and sometimes maybe they would go to war, they would settle things. But once there was the introduction of governments, Mm -hmm. then we started having wars that last 25 years, instead of maybe just having a battle, settling it. Now we have wars that last 25 years, world wars, where... All of the countries get involved. It's it's gotten out of hand. And prior to central banking, war, sustained war, was unaffordable. Yeah. Because from a taxation perspective, uh, countries could not present that bill to their citizenry without their citizenry going, no, wait, wait, wait a minute. 
and you know yeah. either overthrowing them or rebelling in you know some way to or not paying and and that kind of a thing. This from Mike.com, M-I-C, Mike.com. The surprising way the Netherlands is helping its disabled have sex. <laughs> I was I was worried about that, so now, I'm glad yeah, they're addressing yeah. that issue. Now, like, I understand that it might be like a kink for some people to be into <laughs> having sex with the disabled. Right? Uh, that is not what this subject is about. So I just, okay, good. I, yeah. yeah. Clear that I, up. I've, I've read this article, I you know. So it's not about that. I, I'm not shaming anybody. I just, mm-hmm. when I read the headline, I'm like, what is this talking about? I don't understand. Uh, it, it'll become pretty apparent rather quickly. Uh, <laughs> this is written by Marguerite Ward. The Netherlands is known for its social subsidies on everything from education to housing, but it is also subsidizing sex for the disabled. With prostitution legalized in the country, the government is boosting both the domestic sex economy and the intimate endeavors of its disabled citizens. I mean, they got part of that, right? Which part? The prostitution part. Right. Legalized prostitution, yes. Uh, should never have been illegal in the first place. Yeah. It is the, the oldest... Uh, oldest, what do you call, oldest profession. Profession. Yeah. yeah. So I saw this meme and it's like, my family trying to enjoy a peaceful Thanksgiving. It's like, me, throws a bowling ball. Heroin and prostitution should be legal. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I can relate to that. Uh, the article continues, put simply, sex is increasingly characterized as a right everyone should be able to enjoy. Now, I disagree with that. I mean, I wouldn't go you, as far as to say it's a right. You do not have it, the right to have sex. Yeah, that sounds a little rapey. It sounds very rapey. <laughs> uh, like you, you want to create opportunities for yourself to have sex, of course, exactly. right? But that needs to be a consensual, consensual yeah. yeah. Uh, thing. And I mean, the government and its regulations shouldn't get in the way of that. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. But the, this is part of know. the problem of statism, and that is governments would have you believe that rights are granted to you yeah. from government. Mm-hmm. That is not how rights work. That is not where they come from. They don't come from governments. Governments claim to protect your rights, but Actually, they're, again, the largest violator of them. I don't like how they're kind of insinuating that disabled people don't have sex or right? like aren't able to like you can if you're disabled, you can only have sex if you pay someone, which definitely isn't true. Right. Uh, so we talked a little bit about how they're sort of positioning this as sex is a right, which is totally horrific. Uh, sex is not a right. Uh, they did get the legalization of prostitution uh, correct, at least from a voluntarist perspective. Uh, th- there isn't really a, a grant per se, but uh, they did come up with, you know, the 12 times. Uh, it's sort of like if you get, you know, your health care through your employer and instead of like getting a dental card, you get like your prostitution yeah. card that you yeah. can go. Yeah. So it begs the question. I mean, if, if it's a right and you have it a certain amount of times a year, how do you prove that you got it? Is it a prostitute receipt? 
I mean, what well, is I'm, it? It's a punch card. Yeah, punch I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a card, like like a, like a dental card, right? And okay. then you have to present it to somebody within your uh, mm, your W. MO, your whore maintenance organization, right? Instead right. of an HMO. Makes so. Right? Makes sense, yeah. They have to be a government approved provider, yeah. which and means, of course, what? How are they paid? And wh- how much are they paid? Well, but. It, oh, guar- oh, guaranteed mediocrity. Guaranteed mediocrity. Yes. Because <laughs> guess what? If you're disabled and the government is sponsoring your prostitutes, you're not going to get the high class ones. <laughs> nope. Because the government's going to put a cap on the price, you're mm-hmm. going to get the mediocre to poor ones mm-hmm. that uh, do, uh, you know. They're, 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 yeah, it's sort of, uh, yeah, whatever. I wonder if, like, <laughs> and there's got to be ID involved. So, like, yeah. like, do you want the government knowing, like, oh, I went to, you know, the, the Asian whorehouse last night, and next month I'm going to the other one. And, you know, do you want the government knowing that and tracking and, like, I yeah, don't know, man. a little... I like my uh, my prostitutes free market. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Preferably goldbacks. <laughs> I I I still think, and I don't know why it hasn't happened yet, but I still think that the we'll call it the sex industry, and I'm speaking mainly of internet porn right now. I think if they were to adopt cryptocurrency, yeah, just even in addition to. You know, regular, because they all take credit cards. I thought Pornhub did. There was somebody who froze, uh, I think, Visa transactions for, I think it was porn. I don't remember the specifics of the story. Uh, And I think Nikki's right. I think they took crypto, right? I think so. I thought so. I've always said they should. I, I don't know if that's a fact or not. So December 16th in 2021, Pornhub began accepting, um... Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, Litecoin, Monero, NEM, Tether, Tron, Zcash, and Waves. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Good on them. Awesome. Now, if the entire industry would you know, pick up on the trend, I yeah. think that that would uh, really put crypto over the top because, th- believe it or not, the porn industry, the sex industry, is what saved the internet from dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I think that um, isn't... I mean, I might not be correct, but I would assume that Pornhub is the largest porn site. I, I don't know that. It's the one that I've heard the most of. I okay. mean, I don't really frequent them. But. I, I can't disagree with you. I don't know that for a fact, but certainly yeah. they're it one of the biggest. It seems like it, yeah. yeah. Um, but at any rate, in the Netherlands, uh, the right to sexuality does not make for easy conversation. Whether at the dinner table or in public policy arenas, controversy engulfs the issue and many citizens object to using tax dollars to support such a risque business. I mean, yeah. Well, it's not that it's risque. It's that I don't support using tax dollars for anything. Right. So. Uh, but advocates, including academics, social workers, and doctors, respond that it's not about supporting the sex business, but rather promoting a right and addressing health issues. Uh, no. I mean... And it- is that addressing health issues? I mean... Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, are you healthier when you're getting it on the regular? Like, I mean, is your mental health probably. better? Probably. You know, you're probably in a better mood, generally speaking, you know. But like, no, if if I'm thinking of things that would like make people healthy, sex wouldn't be even in the top 10. I mean, it's definitely on the list, but. 
I mean, I guess there are people incapable of sustaining like a romantic relationship yeah. of any kind. And so, you know, maybe a yeah. doctor might prescribe this for that type of a person if it were within his purview to do so yeah. as a prescription. Maybe. Yeah. But I mean, I would think that I I feel like this would just get but, abused but because yeah. Yeah. what is disabled? Right, right. That's what I was yeah. going to say. I mean, why and why focus? Like Nikki said earlier, why focus on the disabled? Right. I mean, if you're going, and I'm not advocating for it at all. But if you're going to do it, why not do it for everybody? I don't think that there's any shame in in I don't uh, think you know, so at all in in participating as a prostitute. If you you know think that you are uh, of a of the type that can make money by selling yourself in that way, uh, and you know you can handle the mental uh, aspects yeah. of that particular type of a job, far out, solid, right on. Who am I to say you can't do that? And I disagree with them. I mean, I I think there are people both females and males that do choose to do that. Yes, and get paid very well for it. Yeah, for you know they're good at it. They're great looking. Nice bodies, all that good stuff. Yep. And that is their choice. And they should have that choice. Yeah, I mean, why not? And I think my issue with prostitution typically is the fact that it's illegal. So it kind of creates right. this industry where it's usually like homeless and like women who are drug addicted who mm -hmm. like make up the bulk of the prostitutes. Just from mm -hmm. what I've yep. gathered and seen, it seems like the that like very... um just those people that are like at higher risk, yep. people who are more like a more vulnerable population. Yep. Those are the people who are prostituting themselves and they're not doing it because they like it. They're doing it because it's easy money and it's really the only thing they can do. Mm, right. And I think that's a direct result of government interference. Oh, yeah. I think if it was more of a free market, I don't think that there would be as much of that issue. Yeah, anytime you make something that would normally occur in a free market illegal, it immediately suppresses it to a black market only yeah. item. And so that carries with it all of the rest of the black market associated uh, types of mm, exchanges, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, drugs are illegal, prostitution's illegal, all that now is black market and all that sort of is forced to live together with itself yeah. mm -hmm. and it's going to lack innovation because it can't organize you know we'll call it freely uh above board they can't you know advertise they can't legitimately hire and fire and take care of and incentivize employees and organize it uh, in the same way any other type of you know market business would because now it's underground it's illegal it's not allowed and so that's why th those things get forced to live together, and that's yeah. why it's in the mess that it is. In the place where prostitution is legalized, that's not a problem. Well, mm -hmm. and it, it makes it dangerous, right? And it's the same thing with drug use and prostitution. I, I follow this YouTube channel called The Soft White Underbelly, mm -hmm. and he frequently interviews people that live on Skid Row. Yes. So a lot of those people are drug addicts, they're yes. homeless, or the prostitutes. And listening to some of these stories are so sad yeah. of women who are getting in the car with a man and they're either, you know, get a gun pulled on them or they get pushed, they have to jump out of the car or they get raped. Right. I mean, these things wouldn't happen if it was legal. And, and these women, they can't go to the police or they, they, I'm not like, I think police is like the best solution, right. but there is no option for them to get justice for what happened to them right. because what they were doing was illegal. So mm -hmm. they can't go to the cops and be like, well, this person raped me. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. 
If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.